Well, today I want to continue. This is message 11 on the building blocks of faith. We've talked a lot about what faith is. We've talked about a lot about how faith comes. Now we're talking a lot about how to release your faith. So I just want to flow this morning. The Holy Spirit just is going to, is, is laying things out precept by precept. Because I'm telling you, walking by faith, the Bible says over and over, the just shall walk. It's in the commanded tense in the Greek language, shall walk by faith. And it's an exciting walk. Because it's a walk where you please God. Right? Faith is a lifestyle, as we've said. Faith is how we receive everything from the Lord. And going forward between now and the end of the church age, for our season, you know, this is your time on the earth. This is your time. We don't want to waste a moment. The world needs you to manifest who you are in Christ, to yield all your fruit in your season. There's lives that are bound that God will use the anointing he's placed within you to help people get free. Man, it's just amazing. You know, jump over to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. You know, actually... Let's, let's read this in context. Let's start in verse 1. John says, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. In other words, don't ever believe things that are spoken by people that have, been, that have been inspired by evil spirits. That's the context here. So you don't ever want to believe people like that. See, it sometimes the reason why John wrote this, sometimes it's hard to see evil when the person's calling themselves a prophet. Right? So let's keep going with this. But then it says, hereby... Know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. So this tells us, this gives us a way that we can know. So number one, they're saying that Jesus came in the flesh. Verse three, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit, now this is an interesting thing, and this is why we really, I mean, the spirit of Antichrist has always been here. But I have a feeling that this is the last generation of that. I have a sense, a very strong sense, and Bible prophecy would be very well behind that. Do you know there's a real good sense? See, Satan doesn't know everything. So man, he comes to people in every generation. You know, the Hitlers, the different people. But there, there'll, be, there'll come a man that will actually be the Antichrist that will go into the tribulation period. And But the spirit of Antichrist, 
it starts talking about this. Whenever you see that as an end time, end, end of church age believer, your antenna should go up right now. Whereof you've heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. So he's talking about this world system, how the spirit of Antichrist is here, and how that you're going to have to be able to discern good from evil. I think if anything we could see about 2020 is that we are in the midst where people are calling evil good and good evil. And God says, woe unto those that do that. But then now this is what I want you to see. Then he finishes up this thought. Well, doesn't finish it up, but he, he hits a high point. You are of God, little children. So you have to know where you're living right now that in the midst of it all, you're of God. Right? And it says, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world system. We live in the world or in the world system, but we live in the world system in the kingdom of God with the greater one on the inside of us, with all of the authority that Jesus had when he came out of the grave. The Bible says when you and I walk as believers, wherever our foot treads on is the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing? You can go into a hospital in pain with an illegal attack against your body. And as you walk in that hospital, have you ever noticed a lot of the hospitals going to a doctor, going in a situation, meeting, meeting a lot of times? You know, it's just, it's hard because of what you're facing. But when you realize who you are in Christ, as you're walking in there, you're walking into this environment in the kingdom with the greater one on the inside of you. This is why one of the times that Brother Hagen appeared, or Jesus appeared to Brother Hagen, he said this, listen, tell my people when they go in for surgical procedures, when they go into the hospital, tell them to, to believe me. I'll be there. Believe me to protect them from infection. Believe me that, that my hand will be upon that doctor and upon that surgeon, whether they know me or not. I'll be there. I'll be upon everybody who touches everything. And believe me that that procedure will go perfectly and that the recovery will be full and supernatural. In other words, Jesus is just meeting people where they are. But while we're doing that, we're feeding on the word of God. Because i got to tell you, divine healing is, is ours. Right? Divine health is ours. See, if you're sick or if you have something going on in your body, divine healing is what you're believing for. But once you come out of that, now divine health. He wants you to walk in divine health. And then that's not even enough. He ultimately wants all of his children to walk in divine life. Divine life 
is where when sickness and disease touches your body, it dies because you know who you are in him. And all of it comes by acknowledging that there's a greater one. So as we're talking about faith this morning, realize, number one, the greater one is in you, right? And the greater one means that the one who has overcome the world already is in you, which makes you a world overcomer. So go to 1 John chapter 5 in verse 4. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. It says, now it says for whatsoever, but you're not a whatsoever. It's the Greek word that means whosoever. For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. Now, this is amazing because this word overcome, it literally means subdues and conquers the world. And it's in the continual present tense. So it means that because you're born of God, you continuously are to overcome the world. That means everything you face, you've already won. You are, and this word overcome means to subdue and to conquer everything. That's why when you get quiet, when you meditate in the word, when you get full of the word, boldness just starts exploding out of you. Every one of you are so much bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. And we need to know this. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What's the victory that conquers and subdues everything you will ever face in this world? Even our faith. In other words, your faith is the key to your victory. Does that make sense? How, now we say your faith, we understand that faith comes only one way, by hearing God's word, right? Now, you need to realize though, that your faith will never override another person's unbelief. Another person's faith cannot override a person's un unbelief. Does that make sense? So if, if somebody comes up for me to minister to them and I'm in faith believing, but they're not, they will get what they believe. Does that make sense? So this is very important that we know this. So now let's jump back and let's go to Hebrews chapter 1, or Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Just a little ways back here. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We've made a lot of statements. We understand, I believe it was F.F. Bosworth that said, faith begins where the will of God is known. We know that because why? In Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes by hearing God's word, and God's word is his will. Does that make sense? So Hebrews 11, 1, I love this because this tells us 
of, of what faith is. It gives us another piece to this puzzle. In other words, faith begins where the will of God is known. So here's how you make it real simple. Faith for the promise is the promise. Isn't that simple? God made it so simple. So in other words, faith to be healed comes as I hear the promise in God's word that he sent his word and healed me. So faith for the promise is the promise. Okay? The Lord tells me little things like this because I'm just like really, I'm simple and proud of it. You know, because it's simple. So that tells me that if I am facing something in my life, I just go find out what he says. Because inside of those words that he spoke, faith is birthed in my heart because I read it on a page and I mutter it with my mouth and it drops in my spirit. The Holy Spirit opens it and I hear the very voice of God on the inside of me and now faith is there for me to do what? Hebrews 11.1. Now faith gives substance to the thing that I'm expecting. Hope is a joyous, confident expectation. It is the proof that I have what right now I can't perceive with my senses. But I know I have it because faith for the promise is in the promise. Does that make sense? Man, that was worth coming to church for, right? So faith, in other words, if we look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is a confidence in God's word. It's, it's confidence. It's a conviction on the inside of me that this is true, which causes me to be committed to the word. It's a confidence. It's a conviction which causes a commitment. So this is very important that we see this. See, what we don't ever want to do is cast away our confidence. We're gonna, we might look at the scripture later, uh, but you know, how do you cast away your confidence? What does that mean, Hebrews 10.23? Or Hebrews 10.35? What does that mean to cast away your confidence? This is how you cast it away. By speaking out of your mouth something that's contrary to what God's word says. I can't do that. You just cast it away your confidence because God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Right? So it's very simple as we get into this. Actually, let's go back to Romans 10, 17. Let's just look at that. I want you to set your eyes on these scriptures. Gosh, I love you guys so much. It is such an honor. It's such an honor for me to stand before you and just open the word with you and let the Holy Spirit do his thing. I love that. So look at this. 
So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can go listen to past sermons because we've talked a lot about what it means to hear. A lot of people never hear the word of God. They just listen to it. And they never actually walk by the faith of God. See, you got to understand that faith, the faith that you're walking in will either be strengthened or it will be stopped based on what you're hearing. So this is why Jesus said you got to be careful what you hear, you got to be careful who you hear, and you have to be careful how you're hearing. This is why in Psalm 1-1 it says, blessed is the man that doesn't walk, stand, or sit in certain places. If you're hanging out with a bunch of people that don't know God, it is literally impossible for you, according to the word of God, to be empowered to prosper. And you could say, well, that's a bunch of nonsense. I know a bunch of people that are just filthy rich and they're just the worldliest people in the world. Okay? I said prosper. Right? Prosperity ruins a fool. I mean, you know there's going to be people that live their whole life in massive luxury do you know they never get sick and they just go through life and they, they, they just, it's just a mess and then in like a vapor, their life is over and they're lost forever. That's not prospering. I don't know about you, I'm so glad this isn't it. Right? Now I wasn't really concerned about that when I was in my 20s. But then I blinked and I'm now in my 50s. I'll blink again and if the Lord, t- well, you know what? I'll be in my 70s somewhere, right? I'm not so sure I'll be here in my 70s. I might be, well, actually, I might be back here. Might be back here by the time I'm 70s, right? But I'm going to look good. <laughs> and everybody said amen, right? So you got to be careful in your walk of faith what you hear. Be careful what you're watching on TV. The whole world system is designed to create, to, to literally create fear through intimidation so that you get your eyes off the word of God. And if there's one thing that we all are sitting here looking at going, what do we believe anymore? Can't believe what you read, can't believe what you hear. Well, I'm here to tell you, you can believe what you hear because this is truth. So let's keep going with this thought. Let's go to Psalm 119. Jump over there, the big, the big chapter in Psalm, in the book of Psalms that deals with the word of God. And we're going to look at about verse 65. Psalm 119, verse 65. You guys doing okay this morning? I love talking about faith. Hallelujah. If I had notes today, I would need a really big pulpit to hold all those notes. Look at this. So we got to hear the reality of our life. It says this, you have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. In other words, God deals with us according to his word. Isn't that awesome? So God does not deal with us by creating adverse circumstances 
to test to see if we're in faith. He doesn't put some sickness on us so that we can see a higher purpose, right? He doesn't cause a child to die early because he, he needs another voice in his choir. All of that is from the very pit of hell. It's not the word of God. God deals with us according to his word. And his word is not subject to change. So this is so important. But we got to keep going because the other side of this coin is found in Numbers chapter 14. So jump over to Numbers 14 in verse 28. Numbers 14 in verse 28. Hallelujah. I won't go into for time's sake, but this is dealing with the children of Israel that were murmuring against the Lord. And look at what it says. God says, he says, say to them, as truly as I live. Now, this would be classified as an oracle of God. That means it's a never-ending, it's an unchangeable law of God. God is saying, as truly as I live, which is forever, this will be the way it is. And this is it. As you have spoken in my ears, the King James says, so will I do to you. But it's in the permissive tense, not the causative tense. So it should read, so will I allow to you. In other words, God is saying, I'm going to deal with you according to my word, but I'm going to allow in your life what you say. It's the way it works. In other words, Brother Hagen wrote a little mini book. Man, people got really mad at him for it. The title of it was, and you know, for that, he's like, whatever, right? I love the way he lived his life. At one point, people were just lying about him in the media and all this stuff. And some of the people really close to him, I know some of these guys, and they're like, Dad, come on, what they're saying is not true. you got to go and defend yourself. And he said, oh, boys, listen, if I'm doing something wrong, I should be stopped. But if I'm doing the right thing, I can't be stopped. Right? But he said this little book was you could have what you say. Boy, people got upset about that. You, you know, confess it, possess it, people. You name it, claim it, people. Well, you're not. When you find out from the word, it's got to be the will of God, right? Everything, everything God deals with us according to his word. So does he want you to have a bright pink Rolls Royce? Well, you know, I can't speak for you, right? Get in Mary Kay. Maybe you'll get one of those someday. I don't know. But this is a big principle. God is going to deal with you according to his word. So there's no gray area. You could always see how he deals with you. But he's also going to have to allow what you allow. This is huge. Why is that? I'm really glad you asked. So now I don't have to dismiss the service. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 18. Because there's some principles here. Proverbs chapter 18 in verse 20 and 21. Hallelujah. You guys doing good? We're just building a case this morning. Notes are overrated. 
I got some really good notes, though. Man, I just... It says here, Proverbs 18.20, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Wow. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. How are you going to be filled? By speaking increase. How are you going to be satisfied with what you say? In other words, your words will govern your life. I could actually say this, the words you've spoken up to now have governed your life. So if you want a different life, then speak different words. Well, what words do I speak? Speak his words. And you will walk in and have manifested in every arena of your life his words. Wow, right? Never forget this. God never wants you to be moved by what you see. To be honest with you, you're never moved by what you see. That's a big statement, isn't it? You're like, well, now wait a minute, Pastor. No, no. You could see some crazy things that could stir you, but you're not moved by what you see. You're moved by what you say. Never forget that. So when you see something happen in your life that's contrary to the word of God, you need to answer it immediately and accurately with the word. This is, this is so important. When symptoms attack your body, you gotta speak to them. You gotta reject them, right? When things happen in your life, you need, to, you need to be led by the Spirit of God. He'll always have a word because everything bows to the word of God. So realize that. You're not moved by what you see. No, no, no. What gets you is what you say. So you see something, then you say something, and that moves you. So you can see some crazy stuff, but say the word of God, and that will move you, what you say, not what you're seeing. Ooh, that's really good, yeah. That'll really help you in life. Yeah, yeah. So let's look at this. It says here, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The power of the tongue. This word power literally means there's power. But it, this Hebrew word also means direction. So in other words, your tongue is your steering wheel. So if you want, see, you're self-programmable. You, you're made to reign in life. But you gotta speak you, got, you, you have to have, you have to steer your life in a direction. But this, this word power also means, it doesn't, just, or it doesn't just mean power and direction, it means hand. It gives us a picture of a hand. Isn't that something? In other words, your tongue will hand you things. 
right? So, Pastor, are you saying that I can speak the Word of God and it will hand me what the Word says? Absolutely. And this is how you release your faith. We're starting to get into how you release your faith. Because God deals with you according to his word. And he allows in your life what you allow. So now, life and death is in the power of your tongue. You must release your faith. Because your, your, your mouth will hand you things. You want friends? Your mouth will hand you a friend. You want to rebuild something? Your mouth will rebuild it. You want to be delivered? Your mouth will deliver you. Right now, now when we say that, we're like Moses. God's like, hey, at the Red Sea, why are you crying to me about this army that wants to come kill you in the Red Sea on the other side of you? Just use, use what I gave you. Use the staff, which is the name of Jesus. And the Bible says when Moses raised the staff and used the staff, it says God parted the Red Sea. So when you speak the word of God, it's not coming to pass. You're not bringing it to pass. Right? Your words are opening a door for God to bring it to pass. And he wants to bring it to pass. Why? Because he's already given it to you. You don't want to get to heaven and, and Jesus be like, man, you know, I really wish you hadn't have been sick for 40 years because I bore that for you. I wish, you know, I would have rather you not been just under financially and always under the gun because I had all this provision for you. Do you see how he's come to give us life? But it looks a lot different because, see, God makes a way where there is no way. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we're in Proverbs here. Go back to Proverbs chapter 10. Let's look at verse 11. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 10 in verse 11. Look at what it says. Now you're righteous. If Jesus is your Lord, you've been made righteous. You know, today's one of these days. I just feel this calming. In my flesh, I want to be really dynamic right now. But I'm just not. I, or actually, I think I am dynamic in a very calm way. So it's, it's a, maybe this is the new dynamic, right, for this service. Because inside right now, I'm screaming and yelling and just going, this is just incredible. What God wants to do today, his spirit is just stirring me. He just wants to just bring a peace in your life. He wants you to know that you're made to walk by his faith. You're made to lay hold of all these things. It's all yours. You haven't done anything to mess it up. And just, just relax and rest in it. There's greatness in you. Amazing greatness. He wants you to live days of heaven on the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says here in verse 11 of chapter 10, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. This word well in the Hebrew language means it's a source 
of life. People just want to be around you because they want to hear you talk. Because when you talk out of your spirit, it's a source of life. What, it, what in the New Testament says it this way, we are to allow our words to minister grace to the hearers. So it, it builds them up and encourages them. Be encouraged by the Spirit of God today. Hallelujah. It says, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. But man, the righteous. Say this with me. My mouth is a source of the life of God. It brings me into life. It ministers life to those that hear me. Isn't that good news? I love that. So let's keep going. we got to look at the other end of this. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 6 in verse 2. This is a big scripture. Because when you learn this, you can learn how never to be tripped up in life. You get revelation of this one verse, and you'll never be tripped up in your life again. It says, you are snared by the words of your mouth. Wait a minute, time out. I thought I was snared of the devil, by the devil. No. You're not moved by what you see, you're moved by what you say. You're snared by the words of your mouth. You're taken with the words of your mouth. So now we need to, we, we need to really drive this home because, because God doesn't ever want you snared. So go to Matthew. We need to go to the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. It's verse 30 something. I'll tell you in a minute. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 36. Look at this. Talking about our words. Satan wants... He wants to control your imagination so that he can get you to speak out of what he wants you to say so that you, your, your words will hand you death. That's what he wants, but you don't ever have to walk in that again. And here's the thing. If you just get very sensitive, this is the area that you'll get very sensitive. The Holy Spirit will work with you to get you very sensitive on your words. He'll show you pride where you don't see it. He'll show you that you're in fear when you don't realize you are. I mean, it's amazing how he helps you. He's our helper. I couldn't do it without him. But I never will have to because he's with me forever. So let's look at this, verse 36. But I say to you that every idle word, this is a useless, inactive word that men shall speak, they shall give an account. This is interesting. They'll give a reason therein in the day of judgment. And this word judgment, this is not talking about the judgment seat of Christ, although in that day, we're going to have all of our works judged. 
This, is, this word judgment means it's the day of decision. In the day of crisis, that's what this Greek word means. I'll give you an idea. That day, it's always today. So today it's the 27th of December. I'll prophesy. Tomorrow it'll be the 28th. You have, you have satanic hierarchy that are assigned to you that know everything that tripped up your dad, your grandfather, your great-grandfather and beyond, your, your mom, your, you know, your, your, um, your mom's mom, your grandmother. <laughs> I'm an only child, so this whole thing is a little weird. Uh, or your great-grandmother knows everything, and they will throw thoughts after thoughts after thoughts. They're like fishing, trying to get you to take a thought. How you take a thought is you say it. There's principalities, powers, there's rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. You start breaking these words down. Some of these words denote that Satan has like special force demons that have been trained on how to put cancer on people on how to put diabetes or arthritis on people. And they'll work and throw, how do they do it? They throw thoughts after thought after thought. They'll create, make sure you're around people that were godly that died of this stuff. They'll, they'll create all this stuff. What's it all? It's real simple. They're trying to get your eyes off this. That's all they're trying to do. Because if they can't get you to say it, Man, listen, if you, if you get a bad report from a doctor, I would encourage you never to say it. Now, don't tell the doctor he's an idiot. Don't, I mean, because he's not an idiot. If it wasn't for doctors and surgeons, we'd be a mess. Right? But there's, there's another, there's a higher level. All sickness, all disease, all of it has a satanic root. If your spouse needs to know, well, what did the doctor say? Man, just, just have them email you the notes and just, here, here it is. Because I'm never speaking it. You ever watch TV? My diabetes, my depression, my this, my that. So then I take anti-depression medication, which has side effects of suicide. Right? What is all that? I mean... We watch this stuff. So we sit in the seat of the ungodly, of sinners, of, of this, and we hear the wrong things. Turn that stuff off. Hear this. What do you mean? You know, it's just like, Tony, come on. It's like the lady told me when I went to Rama. You better watch it. They're going to brainwash you. I'm like, man, I, ma'am, I need a good brainwashing. You know? To be honest with you, I've been washing my brain ever since. I'm washing it right now. I'll, I'll never stop washing it. Right? Let's go to Romans or let's go to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. This is an interesting statement. See, some of these things you've heard, but isn't it awesome when you hear it fresh? Revelation chapter 12. What I'm hoping that is happening right now is that the Holy Spirit is stirring you about the weight of your words. 
His words, Satan's words, don't matter. Any word that's contrary to the word of God, it, it, is, it is literally a non-issue. What matters in our life is God's word. Now, Revelation chapter 12, I don't want to go into it, but Revelation chapter 12, it's an informational chapter. It deals with the whole plan of God. So it's hard to understand, and this, this starts to get to be one of the chapters that completely freaks people out when they just read the book of Revelation and they don't rightly divide it. Because it'll deal with past, present, and future things. But I love this. If you look at verse 11, it says that they overcame him. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb. In other words, they were made righteous. How do you and I overcome the enemy? We have been made righteous by the blood of the lamb, but there's an and. It doesn't stop there. That's not enough and the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. In other words, they live like this. That's, that's the way we live. Going forward in our time, you need to realize, I'm totally willing to lay my life down, but I am not willing to have my life taken. That's the balance. So in every situation, person comes in and holds a gun at your head. I want to be walking with the Lord. And down on the inside, I'll decide. Yeah, yeah brother, sorry. Can't kill me, I'm not going today. Amen. Wait, time out, pastor, that's stupid. He has a gun to your head. He could pull the trigger. Doesn't matter. God's greater than that. You'll be really surprised when no bullet comes out. Right? If it's not, if it's, if, if, if the Lord's down there going, nope, you stand here. Right? These are the days we're living in. This is why you need to learn how to believe God in 2021 for those things in your life. But look at, I mean, the word of their testimony. In other words, they release their faith. How you release your faith is through words. So let's, let's look at a New Testament scripture, another one about this, Mark chapter 11. Let's go there. You knew we were headed there eventually, right? Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Man, what a soothing sermon this is. I could feel it. My voice is soothing. It's a good thing you guys, your bellies aren't full, otherwise we'd be in trouble right now. Those of you who went to breakfast before the service, you might be in trouble. I'm not, I don't know. But we're going to see in this scripture how faith and words are connected. Faith and words are always connected, right? In other words, faith works through words to change every circumstance in your life. The faith of God works through words to change the circumstances of your life. Okay? That's a big one. So let's look at this. So Jesus answered and said in verse 22, have faith in God. You could translate it, have the faith of God. Or you could translate it, have the faith that God has. This is the faith that created all things. 
And then he explains it, right? It's, he says this, For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto that mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. This verse on the operation of faith is literally telling us three times it stresses the importance of saying. Only one time does it stress the importance of believing. Right? So that tells me we're going to have to watch our words. And now in verse 24, it goes on to the same thing, talking about prayer. And when you stand, or I'm sorry, in verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. This is the Greek word, eito. It means what things soever you call for, require, or make a demand for. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. In other words, you believe them, you believe you receive them when you're praying or you believe that you receive them when you're saying it. Okay? This is, this is huge. So now if we go to Paul's, let's go to the epistles here. This is the life of Jesus. So now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I believe it's verse 13. Big scripture talking about the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me make sure here. Verse 13. See, you cannot express, you can't use or exercise your faith without words. This is why Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. This is why worship is at the foundation of your faith walk. Don't ever get used I mean, anytime you hear worship music, you should be singing. Why? Because you're a believer. Believers speak. Believers don't ever listen. Does that make sense? So, so I'm telling you, show me somebody strong in faith, and I won't show you, I, the person, you, you won't see him like this during worship. Mouth shut. I'll tell you who loves masks more than anybody is Satan. Because he wants to muzzle, he wants to muzzle your mouth. Because your mouth is full of life. Don't let him muzzle your mouth. If I gotta wear a mask, I'm gonna preach twice as much. Because who's behind all of it is him. Right? He tried to kill Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen's getting more people healed today than than he ever did when he was on the earth. His books are everywhere. He's still all over the radio. It's hilarious. We having the same spirit of faith. Do you know you have the same spirit of faith? The same. 
that Elijah had when he was on the mountain and he's pouring water and he's dissing on all these prophets of Baal. Pouring water on this altar. Saying, you know, God's going to consume this altar. The same one that literally when Daniel went in the lion's den, when they opened the door, he's like, you know, good night guys. I'm not dying tonight. He went in there in faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they walked, they were thrown into a furnace and they didn't perish. Jesus, the same spirit of faith. Well, what is it? We have to find out what it is. According as it is written. Wow, this, you know when you see it as it is written, now they're quoting Psalm 116 verse 10. So this has been around a long time. We having the same spirit of faith, look at what it says. I believed and therefore I have spoken. We believe and therefore speak. In other words, the spirit of faith causes me to believe in my heart and speak out of my mouth. I mean, I never stop talking. And neither should you. But I'm a quiet person. Not when you're walking in faith, you're not. Well, that's just not my personality. No, 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 no. No, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, you think I'm a talker. Wow. You know, we have pastor friends. You wouldn't even believe this, but when Jeanette and I get together with them, we hardly say a word, man. They're just, I'm like, wow, they're at a different level of talking. You know, I mean, they're just, it's awesome. But guys, the word is so good. If you see the word of God, you will say it. And that's why everything about you, worship literally is designed to help you never let the word depart out of your mouth. It all works together. It's all the spirit of faith. See, when you embrace a truth, man, this is so important that you get this. When you embrace a truth from God's word, every time you embrace it, you'll talk about it. If you're not talking about it, it means you haven't embraced it. I mean, go to a nice restaurant, right? It's, it's hilarious, our chiropractor that we go to. You know, this guy is phenomenal. Now, there's a lot of people in our church that go to this guy. Why? Well, because we tell, we're like, man, you, you know, you're messed up, go to him. He'll straighten you out, right? Well, when, when you go to a good movie, what do you do? You tell everybody about it. But, but when you embrace a truth in the word of God, and when you embrace John chapter 8, verse 36, and you go, oh my gosh, whoever the Son has past tense made free is free. And you embrace that, you're going to start talking about it. Man, God has set me free. He's made me free. He is my freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Never forget that. When you embrace a truth, when you're ministering to somebody, if there's no word coming out of their mouth, locate them and minister to them. Don't tell them what they should do because you really don't know, but you get them to start speaking the word. Encourage them with the word of God. See, Victory is always a result of speaking what you believe. 
If you don't speak what you believe, there's no victory. No victory. So let's, we're in 2 Corinthians. We're kind of coming down the road here. Just give me a couple more minutes. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We're going to look at verse 8 because I want, I want you to see this in action. Romans chapter 10 in verse 8. So it says, but what saith it? If you look down a little earlier in the chapter, it's saying, what does the righteousness which is of faith say? It says this, the word is near me, even in my mouth and in my heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. And now he's going to give an example of the word of God being in your heart coming out of your mouth. That if thou shalt confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord and shall believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Why is that? Verse 10, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That word salvation means confession is made unto healing. Confession is made unto wholeness. Confession is made unto strength. Right? So this is, this is very, very important. For your faith to work properly, you have to believe it in your heart, believe God's word in your heart, but then you have to release your faith by speaking it out of your mouth. This is so important. So let's keep going. Let's, I, I want to finish up with Hebrews chapter 10. We talked about it earlier. Hebrews chapter 10, we're supposed to go there, in verse 23. It says, let us hold fast. That means to seize hold of the profession of our faith without wavering. How do I hold fast? By never letting the word depart out of my mouth. Whenever a circumstance or a symptom hits me and hits my life, I respond, it is written, it is written. This is how I hold fast to it. I'm never going to let it go. I don't care what my circumstances say. I don't care if there's no way out. I don't care if everybody says it's over. It's not over because it's never over for me. Right? So I, I hold fast. I seize hold of the profession of my faith without wavering. Why? Because I walk in a revelation and I know that he is faithful that promised. Now jump to verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence... See, one verse is saying, hold fast to what you're confessing. In other words, never stop confessing the word. This is saying, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense, repayment of reward. Why? As we said earlier, casting away your confidence is speaking words that are contrary to God's word. When you, when you literally speak your circumstances, when you speak your circumstances, you can't speak the death without letting go 
of the faith. Do you see that? So the game, if the game is you'll have what you say, the game is going to be in order for him to steal, kill, and destroy from you, he's got to get you talking junk. Right? If you're around a believer that is gossiping, listen, they don't want to gossip. That's coming out of their flesh. Have you Just do this. Just put your hand up and go, hey, can we talk about something else? They'll immediately go, oh, yeah, you know, we, I shouldn't be saying that anyway. And you'll save them. And you'll save yourself. We've got to guard our speech. We're not the confession police. I'm not going to tell you what to say and what not to say. Right? We work out our own salvation, but we do build each other up and encourage each other with the word of God. It's so, so very important. It says here, now the just in verse 30, 38 shall live by faith. Wow. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Why? Because God can't get over to you what he wants to get over to you. So you, faith comes by hearing his word. Faith gives substance to that that you're expecting. But you must release your faith because your words are so powerful. Amen? Simple, but profound. It'll take you over in life. Now, this is the deal. You have to learn how to walk in this in the midst of all hell breaking loose around you. But I'm telling you, in the midst of chaos, there's peace for us. I'm never moved by the outside. I'm always moved by the inside. So now I'm not moved by the distractions that are going to come. I'm only moved by the Spirit of God within me, who is testifying of God's word.